Hi folks, my name is Linda Emmett and welcome to Happiness is an Inside Job. We are the creators of our own reality, we create our own lives. Our mind is our biggest limit and it's our own beliefs, behaviours and habits constantly caught in those cycles that keep us trapped where we are and stand in the way of our own happiness. So throughout this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into some of those beliefs, habits and patterns, where they show up in your lives and what you can do to change them. Following on from last week's podcast on anxiety, today I want to look at another anxiety from another angle, and that's anxiety as a stage of grief and how it can show up in our lives and the impact it has. And this particular one is actually quite close to my own heart because going back many years ago, possibly a decade ago now, I struggled very badly with anxiety for about a year and a half and it was really debilitating in my life and now I know that was directly tied to loss and grief I was experiencing and the sad thing is guys we're not taught how to grieve we don't understand how to grieve especially in our culture the western culture we're rushed back to our jobs and we need to go back to work very quickly after two weeks and we have to show up and be within that role and get on with our everyday life because the thing is life does keep moving on it's very sad because we're in a place where we're potentially heartbroken and life is going on all around us and it's very difficult for us to manage that heartbreak that we're feeling that huge sense of loss and get on with our own lives and manage our emotions and be the person we think we're supposed to be. And that in itself can drive the anxiety in our system because we're pushing down the emotions that we're really feeling to show up as the person we think we're meant to show up as, to be that role in work, to be that parent, to be that football coach or wherever it may be. We tend to have many roles in our lives and to put these hats on and carry on like everything is normal when underneath it all inside, you know, our emotions are turning us inside out. So looking at anxiety and grief and how they tie into one another and looking at how we can see it for what it is and get an understanding is really powerful in helping us work with it and manage it when we have experienced loss in our lives. I think one of the scariest things that we have to understand and learn to manage when we experience a loss is that we can no longer believe that bad things don't happen to us, that they just happen to other people. That in itself can heighten the fear responses in our system and make us afraid. And because it hurt us so much when this bad thing happened to us, when we experienced this loss, we can start then preempting and fearing loss that could possibly happen or might happen because that's the space that we're in. Because we felt so awfully when we experienced the previous loss. And again, that in itself can drive anxiety in our system because we're focused on losing other loved ones. We're focusing on bad things happening to them. We're focused potentially sometimes on ourselves. You know, 
say the loss was from from cancer, we start really worrying about getting cancer ourselves. We start looking at molds, looking at looking at different things, feeling different things in our stomach and thinking, oh, is this it? Is this it for me? And again, driving those responses were in our own system. And it all relays back to the loss that we've just experienced and us trying to manage ourselves in a world without that person. And that in itself is is really profound for us. Depending on who that person was, if it was a parent, a a sister, a brother, a loved one, no matter who that was really, we had a sense of belonging attached to them. We belonged with them in some way or form. And when they pass and, and leave this earth, the sense of belonging we had with them, we can sometimes lose as well. So, we struggle to know who we are in this world without them, to know who we belong to. And that can be very frightening for us and it can be very scary and it takes time to rebalance. And again, when we're grieving, we're vulnerable because we're sad and we, we don't like to feel sad as, as humans, we move away from it. We tend to present with anger instead. Sadness makes us feel powerless and helpless. And we don't like these feelings. We don't like to feel vulnerable. So we can tend to put anger in front of it and show up with angry behaviours, frustrated, overwhelmed, and just thrown ourselves into things to avoid the sadness. And the thrown ourselves into things can also cause anxiety in our system because one, we're not ready, we're still grieving. And two, or potentially in overdrive, focusing on projects, relentlessly working, doing 10, 12 hours, always having three things on on the go, the phone, the laptop, the TV, the different things like this. Anything we can do to take ourselves away from the sadness and this in itself can be triggering the anxiety in our system because you have emotions there and feelings need to be felt. They don't dissipate. They don't just go away. They remain there. We're just pushing them down and pushing them down and pushing them down until that gets full. And when that gets full, that's when we can start presenting with the anxious feelings because we literally sometimes don't know what's going on in our system or have been avoiding what's going on in our system. And here's an ugly word that no one ever wants to say, guys, and it's depression. That feeling of hopelessness, that feeling of emptiness when you've experienced a loss that is profound, is painful. And you know this person is is, is never coming back and you have to learn to, to live in a world that they're no longer in. That can make you feel like life is never going to be the same again. Things are are never going to feel the way they did. And, and the feeling of hopelessness that comes with that can really, really frighten us. And grief related anxiety is just trying to run ahead of your own grief, feeling those feelings of depression and sadness and trying to run ahead of them, not feel them 
and it presents and comes out in our system as anxiety because it doesn't change the fact that those emotions are there. And unfortunately, depression is one of the stages of grief. It is our mind, our body, our soul processing that loss. And the stage that comes after that is acceptance. And it's accepting that you now live in a world without this person. And although it truly hurts, it's understanding that, yes, you can build a life without them in it. And that you are very, very blessed to have that kind of love, to have that kind of relationship. Something you mourn so much must have been truly amazing for you to feel the way you do. And that's when all the good memories start coming in and you start remembering all the things you loved them for, how they made you feel. And they're the things you start holding on to. But it's only when you allow yourself to feel the other emotions, the the depression, the denial, all of these stages that you can pass through and get to the level of acceptance. And by not allowing yourself to go through these stages, this is when the anxiety starts running in our system and it starts taking over because we can leave ourselves stuck in a stage and it's just by not allowing yourself to feel. We can get scared sometimes when when we're sad, that overwhelming feeling in our body where you're going to cry from the pit of your stomach, your throat, that can frighten us. We can feel like, oh my God, if I start, I'll never stop. And realistically, when you think of it, none of us on the planet know anybody who has died from crying, who has started crying and never stopped. They just relentlessly cried. One, we'd become extremely dehydrated quite quickly. So, you know, even from from a physical side, it couldn't happen. And two, tears release. It's letting it out. It's letting it leave your body. It's releasing it and letting it go. It's then our brain starts to process. It's then our brain is saying, okay, we need to move away from this profound sadness. And it begins to process and start thinking of steps and ways, even if it's little rituals, whatever it is, your brain will start processing how to get you from where you are to where you want to be. So allowing yourself go through these stages really helps with diminishing um, anxiety running in your system. And one of the, the greatest things that I think are the saddest things that that grief really impacts for us all, as I as I mentioned, is your sense of of belonging in this world, who you are, where you fit in. Something to bear in mind also, folks, is that sometimes a secondary loss can bring back a grief response. And sometimes even attending a funeral of a friend of a friend or hearing of a loss that reminds us of our own loss can bring back in those moments a grief response in our own system. It can trigger those memories and we can feel a bit anxious because we don't know what's just happened. We're saying to ourselves, should that's only a friend of a friend. That's not happened to me. Why am I feeling this way? And it's just 
re-triggering the pain that you felt. It's re-triggering that grief response. So just being aware of that and recognizing it for what it is. And if it brings on a tear or two, that's perfectly fine too. Again, you're just remembering that person and all those amazing things that they brought into your life. That's why the grief is still there. And how we lost someone can sometimes have an impact, whether we did or didn't get to say goodbye to that person, whether it was a quick or traumatic loss, whether it was a suicide. All these things can also have an impact on us as well. So sometimes even creating our own goodbye ritual. I know for me at a point in my life, I I wrote a letter and I went down the canal with a local canal with a bunch of flowers and I just read out the letter, then burned it, put the let the paper flow on the canal, put a bunch of flowers there. Different things work for different people. Maybe it's building a little shrine at home. Maybe it's having memories on your phone, quotes, sayings, whatever may work for you. If you didn't get to say goodbye, that is a part of our grief process. So to help us to move through that, creating your own ritual is as powerful and possibly more personal. It does not matter how you say goodbye. It's just that you allow yourself to say goodbye in your own way. And again, this can alleviate some of some of the anxiety and the upset. Some of the the behaviours that can come into our lives when we're experiencing grief can have an impact on our anxiety, like our sense of belonging being shifted or being lost. We can look for other ways to belong or other ways to get that feeling and hence drive ourselves into projects into work, trying to get that value, that sense of belonging from that place, from those people, rather than the the person that we lost, because that's no longer there. And what this can do is drive the workaholic aspect of us, drive the the relentless chore doing, trying to achieve, trying to be more, do more, just to get back that sense of belonging. So understanding that and seeing it for what it is because we cannot keep going at that level and the emotions are still there we're just pushing them down and trying to feed trying to pull in positive emotions from the places and things around us like work or activities and eventually we do realize that we're not getting them emotions from that and again we can be left feeling quite exhausted and quite anxious, part driven by by the excessive work and part driven by the not understanding why we're not getting those good feelings. And again, it's just a, a stage of grief. Another thing that behaviour that we can potentially try and invite in subconsciously or do is when we're trying to bury these emotions, we can try and bury them in behaviour. So your your drinking levels may go up. You're trying to escape the grief or it's possibly the only time you'll allow yourself to grieve. You'll be able to then blame the drink. Oh, I just cried because I had a few a few drinks on board. You feel less vulnerable. Oh, I was just angry because I had a few drinks on board. So then you start seeing the the alcohol as a tool to, to get you what you want. And effectively what happens is you wake up the next day potentially feeling more anxious 
because you have the fear from the alcohol and those feelings still remain. So although in the very, very short term, in that hour or so, you may feel like it's helping. In the longer run, it isn't. It's heightening the anxiety and actually making it more prevalent in your life rather than less. And then you can get caught in a cycle of drinking, feeling anxious. To get away from the anxious feelings, you start drinking. So it turns into a cycle that you feel caught in. So not only are we experiencing the grief and the loss, but we're also struggling with a behaviour that we feel is out of control because we're trying to bury our emotions. And the thing with our emotions in grief and loss or, or wherever we're experiencing any pain, they are our emotions. We, we own them. Our system is made to work with them, to work through them, to process them. It's only when we're shoving them down and trying to bury them with other things like eating, drinking, working relentlessly, doing everything for everybody around us and leaving ourselves the absolute bottom of that priority list because we just don't care about ourselves that much at that time. All of that is what's actually driving more anxiety in our system. The simplest and easiest way forward for us is just to feel, just to allow ourselves to feel, to give ourselves that time and that space to cry, to let yourself off the hook, to let yourself talk about them openly, to build that circle around you, to be around those people that you can talk to about this person that you have that safe space even if it's going to the graveyard and and talking to that actual person whatever rituals you need to set up to carry you through the grief and allow you to express your emotions to say the simple things like I miss you or I don't know what to do in this moment I have this thing going on in my life and I just don't know what to do you're the one person I would ask and what you will find is you'll find yourself actually building a whole conversation in your head where they're answering you and you get to have that experience. You get to hear what they would have said. And again, it's helpful in both ways. You're getting to, to communicate how you feel, what you miss, say those things and you're potentially getting to hear what they'd say back to you. You're getting that advice or you're getting that support. So building in things like this and keeping your connections when we're feeling when we're going through grief and anxiety we feel like we need to hide we need to hide it from the world we're we're feeling vulnerable we're in pain so we don't particularly want to show up but keeping connected and and sharing with those people that you love and your connections how you really are feeling every one of us has experienced loss in our lives at some point be it our dog, our nanny, our uncle, or some have experienced much loss. Unfortunately, death is a part of life. And allowing yourself the space and the time and to share with other people, to share those memories, to keep that person alive by talking about them, by sharing those experiences, talking about all the things that you loved, also helps you move through the process of grief. It's really, really valuable. So whatever you need to set up for you to 
walk you through the grief process, whatever hands you need to hold for support, for care, to give you back some of that sense of belonging. Go do that because that in itself alleviates the anxiety of you just not allowing yourself to feel those emotions. And something to bear in mind for us all, folks, is I know the most profound loss for us is when someone close to us dies, a loved ones. But there are a number of ways for us to experience loss. And one of them is an end to a relationship or sometimes a massive shift in a relationship. Like mothers when their children leave home and that mother, daughter or father, daughter, that side of things, that part of the relationship, that that mothering aspect of them being at home. Um, they call it empty nest syndrome because we experience loss as parents when our children grow up and fly the coop. It's amazing they're going out there as independents. We've, we've got them successfully to adulthood, but it does not mean and all that happiness and joy seeing, seeing your child grow and evolve. It does not mean that you do not feel loss and sadness for that part of your life that's over. And allowing yourself to, to grieve that, allowing yourself to feel that, to talk openly with your partner or with friends or join a group that they, they speak about it on. Allowing yourself that to, to, to grieve that. It was a huge part of your life. Another way we experience loss is in our, our partner relationships. When, when we break up with, with a loved one, for whatever reason, for a long time, they were a big deal in our lives, a, a best friend, a confidant, someone you shared toilet roll with, someone you shared every aspect of your life, someone that's seen sides and parts of you that very few people get to see. And when that relationship ends and when we break up, that's a huge loss for us. We've, we've nearly in some ways, we've merged our lives with them in ways, how we spend our time, what we do each day. So there's a big gap left and this is true of all loss it leaves a gap a gaping hole and we look to fill that hole sometimes we fill it with negative behaviors things that hurt us more and these are the things we need to be mindful of and avoid and just allow ourselves just to feel sad it means that you've had something amazing even if, if it was for a time, you've had something amazing. And that has shown you that that is out there. There are people on this planet like that. There are, there's more of that you can bring into your life. Maybe not in the exact same way, but there are ways. Instead of focusing on the loss, focusing on bringing more of that into your life. Be it starting a new relationship. Be it buying a puppy starting to foster, looking at you and going, okay, how can I give me some of that love that I've been given to my child for years and years? How can I give me some of what I've given there? Looking at the loss of the loved one and going, okay, what are the amazing things that they've brought to my life? They gave me courage. They gave me bravery. They gave me support. Okay, how can I support me? How can I give me that love, me that loyalty? How can I live on for them in their memory and carry them in some way 
with me through my life. And that's true of all our losses in relationships. What did you gain? What can you bring with you? Because that means with you carrying these qualities and these things that the next relationships you're going to create are going to be at least at that level or they'll surpass that and be absolutely stellar. And please, folks, if you can hold on to anything, hold on to the fact that you belong to life and, and life belongs to you. There is so much potential and possibility out there. And the greatest gift we have is our capacity to love. It carries us through so much. It gives us hope. It lights us up. It drives our passion. It drives our life. Don't allow grief and loss deprive you of love. Don't allow it to shut you off in any way. Allow it to open you up. Allow it to allow you to feel and see all the amazing memories you had and want more of them and seek more and get yourself wrapped up again in that love like a warm, cozy blanket because that will take you through life and give you an absolutely wonderful life. It's the reason we're here. for tuning in folks to this week's episode of happiness is an inside job i hope you really enjoyed this episode and we will see you next week same time same place for the next episode